You're listening to Thinkers What Works Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Butch Risky, the owner of Mr. Goodwater. Mr. Goodwater is an independent water treatment dealer serving about a 50-mile radius. Welcome to the What Works Podcast. Mr. Goodwater, what a fun name. Tell us, what did, what? how did this come about? Uh, I had been in the water treatment business for 14 years, and the national company that I work for made some uh, decisions on how they wanted to run their company and now was not comfortable with the new direction. So I had already had the experience and I said, well, I'm going to start uh, my own water treatment company and uh, came up with the name Mr. Goodwater because I wanted it to be something that was um, told people what we do and what it was about. And it had some type of uh, quality to it. So a surname, Mr. is uh, certainly representative of, you know, quality. Yeah. And the personal too. It's very personal. Now you now you think, hey, I've got this this local guy. He's my buddy. I've lost my anonymity for sure because people call me Butch Goodwater. So are they are they they don't know who I am. Say, There's Mr. Goodwater. Or they're like, boy, it's ironic that you're in the water business. Yes. You know, you're a basketball guy. You could be like Lloyd uh, Free. Just change it. Just become Butch Goodwater. I've thought about it. <laughs> that'd be fun. That that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> so you you worked at a national. Uh, organization until you were uncomfortable with what they were doing and then you started your own thing which must be a, I would think that's a little bit terrifying to leave I would think what would be some sort of a stable you know kind of ex- expectation of what you're going to do tomorrow and then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh I'm going to do my own thing yeah it's very terrifying so I was very comfortable with the company I worked for for a number of years I liked it I liked what I did I liked the industry I liked the people I liked my customers but the philosophy was changing and that's something that I wasn't willing to do when I promised my customers I'd do something a very specific way and then now I was being, basically being handcuffed I couldn't do that anymore I'm like that's not going to be a long-term solution to take care of people so I said well how do I change that and then I decided to start my own company and to be terrified is terrifying, but I had a lot of experience. So that was a major benefit. Uh, already knew what expectations were and mm-hmm. were the, you know, how to make the money and were the, how to make the customers happy. So that was pretty, what, what kind of capital investment though? I mean, I'm assuming that, that this is a, pretty capital intensive thing to get into. Uh, our industry is extremely capital intensive. So, um, my wife and I bought a house when we were 18 years old. We had uh, fixed it up, sold it. We had done that multiple times. So we had a pretty decent amount of equity in our home. And then I cashed out in 2005. I cashed out all my mutual funds in 401k, paid the penalty, paid the taxes, and the cash in hand was $85,000. Then we had the equity and the home and other things we had. But $85,000 was gone by September. Because you need what to start a company like in this industry? What do you what do you have to have? Uh, you have to have um, a vehicle. You have to have marketing. You have to have marketing materials. You have to have products that are available for people to rent and buy. And if you're going to build a uh, sustainable rental base, that's very capital intensive. And that's uh, that was a problem. So I ended up maxing everything out. You know, over a two year period, it was it was pretty uh, pretty stressful. Yeah. So now you're off on your own. Uh, I guess the word would be like a grassroots effort type of thing to to get customers. Uh, grassroots effort is exactly what it was. The very first day in business, I woke up and I, I kind of laughed because I already had my marketing materials. I was ready to go. I'd already traveled the country to, to see what was the best products available. And I went 
hanging flyers and it was like so it's almost comical but it, it wasn't so i got my first customer march 1st 2005 and it was in my the, the town that i live in which is byron and because i had a pretty good background of people through my coaching and and youth programs that i've done i already had a pretty large group of people that would i felt would support me and if you ever want to know what your town thinks of you start a business and they flocked to me in droves which was amazing awesome it made me feel uh incredible and they knew your name wasn't mr goodwater they knew my name wasn't mr goodwater they got a kind of <laughs> they kind of got a kick out of it but i mean I so <laughs> so that's kind of neat um one thing that i that i thought was uh, a little um unusual in the beginning is there's a lot of companies that start a lot of grassroots processes and they're like, okay, how is this guy going to be different? Is he going to make it? So do people, sure. do people really want Especially wanna, in the water business. I mean, water's water, right? In any, any service business, you can take, you can take roofing, you can take siding, you can take HVAC, plumbing, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to start a business, how is it going to grow and be sustainable? So do people want to invest in your, in your product, in your service, if they don't know if you're going to be around? So... It was uh, pretty ironic. I had a five-year work plan that that was set up, and in in the first five years, I was going to do no bottled water, and I kept getting asked repetitively to to provide it. Well, in a year, I decided to do bottled water, which is extremely capital intensive. So I launched in 2006, immediately solidified that I was a regional player, and our business took off. So the first year was a, was a little struggle. It was like the little engine that could. We made enough to 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 grow and grow fast, but it really didn't solidify till we had a uh, bottled water product that had our name on it. So not very very many uh, independent dealers like myself have their own name on their bottled water. And I thought, well, I'm gonna we're branded, yeah. we're a branded product, and we're gonna put our name on our bottled water, and that's what we did. So bottled water was kind of that turning point. Then it seems it was not. It's it's. It's about twenty percent of our business today, but it's yeah. it was a turning point as far as solidifying that we're yeah. not going anywhere. I don't right. know why people got that idea, yeah. but because we did that, it really made a difference. It seems like maybe it took you from a service business into a product business that now it's like, oh, I got this bottle here. Yeah. yeah. So that, so that that kind of led people to to have more trust. It seems that it did have it, it was almost instantaneous yeah it was crazy how it how it happened i did not expect it i did not expect the growth and the immense growth that we were about to get and at that point what, 2007 2006 2006 2000. okay so 2007 and 2007 uh a lot of people's extra spending money probably disappeared how did you get through did that did did that hit the water industry the fact that all these people were losing houses losing jobs things like that that's a fantastic question. So in 2007, it was it started the slide because in our industry, it was first to the door, got the sale. So any subdivision that was going in in all of northern Illinois, McHenry County and Boone County combined were two of the fastest growing counties in the state. So they were right in, right in the area that I operated. So there was a lot of growth going on. So you just had to be assertive. You had to beat people to the door. You had to build a rapport with the, the builders that were out there. You had to build a rapport with the people buying the homes. And 2007, it slid. 2008, it was a was the pivotal year because 2008, you've already dealt with some downturn in the economy and the financial industry, which we would uh, sell product on a payment process. The finance company was dried up, so there was no retail financing. So you had to make a decision on what you're going to do. So that created a big uh, downturn. So the big national companies that had large staffs 
had to cut staff. And the attitudes changed at those staffs. So you had a guy that had been around for 20 years that's been on a service truck for 20 years is now running a route. His attitude changed. He didn't want to do that. Now he's now he's in his mid-40s and he's lugging 45 bottles of water, you know, gallon or 45 pounds of water around and 50 bag, 50 pound bags of salt. So that guy wasn't happy. I'm still going to go to work every day, a smile on my face. So it actually was a benefit in that capacity for us. So in 2008, there was a competitor that was about 10 blocks from where I was located, and he felt the same burn. Hmm. But the difference was he had a he had recently bought a company two years prior that had been around for 45 years. I bought that company from him because he was it was he could have made it, but it would have been a major struggle, and he had to revamp a lot of things he was doing. So I bought that company in 2008. It's very blessed to have a local lender around here that believed in what I had and believed in my process, and allowed me to acquire that company. So I acquired him, but he had a sticker on his tank that had the phone number that had had 45 years of that product, and we we went from the new construction. To the replacement business, major gamble. So when you're talking about uh, the scariest part, when that day, August fifteenth, two thousand and eight, when I signed my life away for the, the my first personal big acquisition, super scary. My wife still to this day doesn't know the ramifications of what would have happened if it would have went the other way. You know, we'd have we'd have been. <laughs> Don't tell her about the podcast. Yeah, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> she 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 would be very unhappy with me. She's happy today, but at that point, I don't think she realized the ramifications. I said, "No, I'll just sign. It'll be fine." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah." My wife's a very intelligent lady, but she knew I was passionate about this, so she yep. allowed it. Wow. So your your location, you you said you had a competitor on the road. How, what what does the competitive landscape look like for you? Um, we predominantly uh, have some mom and pop water companies that are out there. Um, they're not; they're at a big uh, competitive disadvantage because they're they're not engaged in the community. They're not seen uh, regularly. But what we compete with are, are the national brands, the national companies that are out there, and, they, mm-hmm. and some of them do a pretty good job. Sure. So that uh, it is a very competitive, in, as a lot of industries are. But we take that competitive advantage as we have people that are recruited specifically for character. So we have a difference in the people. So we're not just trying to fill a role. So we are putting people in. So that's been a big advantage for us. So part of the reason I asked Butch to come on is I like talking to people in different industries. And I've never had an in-depth talk to somebody who in, in the water industry. What are, what are the things that if you were a full-service water business and maybe you are what do you offer and then you know what do what is like a half service kind of you know i don't run know us what, through the run us through the industry i don't know what a half service would be yeah but um, you talked about bottled water was a big deal so i you know bottled water is about 20 percent of our business but okay. it's one product that we offer and we do quite a bit of it mm-hmm. but our industry so we're taking care of water that people have that want to improve the taste of the water they want to improve the feel of the water so hard water leaves a a scratchy feel on your skin so we do water softening we rent and sell it and that's a benefit to the customer so that is something that we do we have a a lot of pods in northern illinois that have some bad water and what i mean by bad water is something that does not take care of a basic water softener so they have a smell they have a they have rust they have bacterial iron they have multiple things in the water so we've had an ability to 
customized equipment to handle that product. We have homes that can't sell because they they have coliform bacteria. So we have we have a, a network of realtors that we deal with that we will put these products in and we do it at the professional level to make sure it's sustainable for the new people coming in, not just to get it to pass, but we make sure we do it on a sustainable side because we are the professional. And so we'll get that product available. If you want your tea to taste better, your coffee to taste better, soups, you want uh, to wash your vegetables with high quality water, we have that available for homes. We also have some of the large uh, aerospace manufacturers in town that'll use us, one of our biggest clients, and they need uh, demineralized water to rinse parts, to wash parts, to mix coolants with. Um, that is another part of our business. So we do commercial industrial. We have some hotels locally here that we've helped. We've you know, so we're a wide range of commercial and um, restaurants as far as improving their water for ice. You know, we have. Did uh, you add that as time went on? I mean, did you start out okay? We're going to provide this service, and then you brought in bottled water. I mean, how how has you how have you grown? I knew through the process being being capital strapped that it would be difficult to take on large product. Uh, projects early, so I said, "Okay, how are we going to how are we going to start our process?" And our start our process was through the homes, you know. So we have a, a large network of people that we knew through coaching and through um, just being active in the community through chambers and, and other process processes. But the that was the process originally to go through the residential side. As we grew. And we added more and more products. So we would add restaurants would ask us for for help. Gas stations that have water for their cappuccino machines and things that they're doing like that nature. They want high quality water for it. So we have a number of gas stations, number of C stores that we take care of. So that started to morph. Um, building rapports with restaurants like um, uh, Benny and Phil Salamone from um, Sales North. You know, they're a customer. And you go in there, you get a crystal clear ice cubes, and that's Mr. Goodwater. So, I mean, there's a number of those that we take care of, and that's just... And it, did you have to bring... So, as you started taking on those commercial things, did, you had to go and find different kind of equipment? To, it's not the same equipment you're using in homes that you do in restaurants, right? A lot of it is not the okay. same. It's Some of it's similar. The process is similar. Mm -hmm. But then the volume and the ability for it to be able to have enough pressure to run, you know, large capacity ice makers. And they also have to have a large amount of water because if you get a pitcher of water and it needs to come out relatively quick, it has to be convenient. So you're catering to their peak use. So you have to make sure you have a pro you have availability for peak use when they're needing it. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of difference to it. Similar product that comes out that's at your house, but it's uh, the, the equipment is a little bit different, correct? So then, what was the last one? Was industrial the last one? Was it how homes, then businesses, then big plants? Yes, it, it, the process went that because we had to. When you're going into commercial industrial, you have to. You know, people want to know that you're going to be around. They want to know your character. They want to know your company is uh, uh, viable, and you need to. You have to. Uh, put that out there. You have to make sure that you're that guy, and a company is going to rarely go with a brand new, brand new guy in the block. So, I mean, you have to prove your, you have to prove your worth. And as we grew, and as our brand grew, even though we're uh, independent and we're not a franchise, we are branded like that. We and we get a lot of compliments on that, and they see it, and they see us all over. So that starts to spark. Hey, what about this guy? What about Mr. Goodwater? And they, I keep hearing about this guy. Let's bring him in. So we've had a lot of opportunity to take care of water in, a, in, in an array of different industries. I was just thinking as you were talking about branding, 
the alternatives when you were when you were thinking about what to name your company you never thought it would be risky water no you can't say risky water <laughs> okay the guy the last guy that the one of my first acquisition the gentleman's last name was bug and he didn't use his name for the water business either <laughs> so we, we were in the same boat his last name was bug and mine was risky and that that's a wrong industry to be in <clears throat> That's kind of you can't funny. really go into an investment company either. Right? Risky investments. <laughs> That's not calling up risky investments. I need fifty grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah we leave our name we leave our name out of that. Works good for coaching, but that's about it. So what are your what are your uh, goals? Where's where's the business headed? Oh, <laughs> business is headed. Um, we're still wanting to take more market share. That is certainly something that we strive for. Kind of regional? Or are you looking to? We're not. We want to stay regional. Um, yeah. With what's going on uh, nationally and what's going on in the economies that we see all over the place, Illinois is a strong economy mm-hmm. itself. There's some obviously some challenges, but the 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 area itself is pretty vibrant, and we want to take more market share and we want to add products that are going to be useful. What that is at this point, we're we're in a process now to try to figure it out, and we're looking on adding through other businesses and acquisitions. We'll grow that way. But what exactly that looks like, I'm not 100% positive. But what I do know is we're going to continue to be sustainable in the water treatment industry. We want to be the leader. We want to be the people that you trust and you go to. And when people think of water in the Rockford area or Boone, Winnebago County area, they think of Mr. Goodwater. That's what we want. Or the next forever. Yeah. Well, I ran into you last week at uh, Growth Dimensions, which is the Boone County, Illinois um economic development arm so you you know when you started this you already had a lot of contacts uh through your former job and you know having been a basketball coach Uh, if i'm a small business owner and it's not like a retail thing where you you can put a a shop on a store and try to get people to walk in uh how do you build those relationships and market your business uh when it's just not something that it's easily marketable i guess uh, that question, I think, is transferable in any industry. When people say, what's the secret to success? There is no secret. It is boots on the ground. It is working. And it is building the rapport and relationships. So one thing that I've said is, you, you, if, if you say it, you do it. So you tell people what you're going to do and do what you say. So that is repetitive. And it takes time to build that rapport. And it's not going to be a, a something where you nail a sign up on a wall and people throw money at you. And we talk about that in our, in our weekly meetings, our weekly service meetings. It's, that's not what it is. We're going to do things at as, as high a level as possible, and it's going to be consistent. So any service industry, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's, if it's uh, HVAC or if it's anything that, uh, mechanic, anything that you're doing on the service side, it has to be uh, uh, repeated. And you'll build that rapport. You'll build that. And then you have to be out there. You have to be seen. As I say, like Salomon, you just go eat there a lot and, you know, eventually, you know, had a conversation and then that led to another conversation. I mean, how does that kind of a sale work? <laughs> okay, so Phil Salamone specifically had his very first pizza business in Belvedere when I lived there. And I liked their product. I liked their pizza. And he was a young guy and he was very, in, he was fun to talk to. He's a Winnebago guy. Okay, and what do Winnebago people like? They like hoops. Mm-hmm. And I'd tell them about Devin Bowwinkle that's coming up. I go, wait till you see this kid. You know, this is, I think Devin was like in sixth grade at the time. 
And Phil's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I never heard of him. And I go, oh, you will. And then as time goes on and now, you know, throughout, we know Devin's career, played at Iowa and, and was a standout at Winnebago. So we built a great rapport. And when he closed that facility down to join his, his twin brother, Benny, in Cherry Valley, you know, we had built a great bond. So I would work a lot of late hours when they were remodeling and getting that that restaurant ready. So I worked a lot of hours. So I'd call them up, hey, you guys around? Yep, stop in. So it wouldn't even be open. And we'd, we'd hang out there. They'd make me a pizza, and we'd, we'd talk for an hour or two. And we we're in the same game. Even though they're a restaurant and I'm in, in water, we dealt with a lot of same challenges. So it was, it was great to build camaraderie with people like that. Out of curiosity, uh, in, in your business in terms of water treatment, is the process to simply clean up all the impurities out of the water or let's say you're in the pizza business and then there's all sorts of talk about you know certain types of water for bagels or certain types of water for pizza crust you need a certain type of water sometimes to achieve in baking or specifically baking you need a certain type of water to be able to get the end result because it's all chemistry what do you do in that circumstance ah so now you're getting into things that we have helped develop that we've been on an advisory board so we have dial a hardness on some of our equipment so with uh pizza crust and a lot of the sea stores they want x amount of hardness in the water mm -hmm. still in it but they don't want to deal with all the junk so right. we make a multi multimedia system that's going to take out the heavy chlorine chloramines out of the water that's going to that can create a flavor difference and then there still can gain some hardness through dial hardness so we have a mixing valve that's part of the system that will allow that to happen uh, before years ago when i was in the industry uh, we'd have to do a valving system and test it 10 times but that's not the case anymore it's it's uh more modular now very and, easy to achieve. And you're on an advisory board that puts these things together i have been on an advisory board with our manufacturing hmm. company in appleton yes interesting so what's the future of water? Oh, I don't, I, the future of water is, uh, they say there's going to be wars fought over it. It's going to be interesting. So I'm not quite sure what the total future in, in, in the longevity of it, yeah. but the next, in the next 10 years, there's going to be some changes in our industry. There's already changes. The big manufacturing companies are buying each other. There's more regulations on it. California, Wisconsin are putting real regulations on, on certain things, and they happen to be two pods that have a lot of manufacturers for the water treatment business. So they're adhering to the most stringent certifications out there. So Wisconsin and in uh, California obviously have different uh, regulations everywhere else in the, in the country. So there's a lot of things coming around, but the one thing that won't change is customer service and taking care of the customer's needs. So that I do know will be always our focus. Yeah. So people can expect to find Mr. Goodwater regionally in this area. Uh, and your your goal is to is to continue market, I guess market penetration saturation in this in this area. No, at, at this point, no no plans to, for national uh, national expansion because you talk about your you talk about your place it's like the world headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always say Belvedere's our world headquarters, and and I get a kick when you know when you're when you have a business and you have seven trucks on the road every single day, five yeah. days a week. Yeah, you know, a couple on Saturday that you have a lot of exposure. Our trucks are branded very well, big moving billboards. Yep. Our guys are talked about how they drive and courtesy and all the things. So we want to be representing the community in that capacity. People want to come and talk to you about. Uh, 
how I can market better. So yeah. a lot of salespeople are coming to Goodwater want to do it. And I always say, yeah, you have to meet me at the world headquarters. So <laughs> I get a kick out of it. So you said beforehand, you are a owner operator. So you, you still go and install equipment and do service calls. Why? I, why do I? Yeah. Um, I like it. I love it. I love being with my customers. The number one thing I do. So if you, the, these jobs, when I watch the the guys that want to want to play a big role in the service industry and they don't want to be in touch with the consumer, I that's not who I am. It's not how we built this. It's not what we do, and it's to me, it's the most fun communicating with our customers is the, the most fun, fun part of my day. Awesome. Well, uh, Butch, it's been a pleasure having you on the What Works podcast. Uh, any advice that you'd give to somebody else who's got this idea that they want to launch a business and then they're going to sell everything and and put it all put it all on black yeah anybody that's going to launch a business needs to know their industry uh exponentially and i would highly recommend don't take the path i took make sure you have some capital backing somewhere that is uh (laughs) is uh is gonna be where you need is as you grow but anticipate you know make sure you're doing all your due diligence before you launch awesome well thanks for being on the what works podcast thanks for having me the What Works Podcast is a production of Thinker Ventures. Learn more at thinkerventures.com.